Thanks for tuning in. I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. In this episode, pro-abortion groups back the legislators behind an extremist Virginia bill that would expand a third trimester abortions all the way up to 40 weeks, in the words of its sponsor. Pennsylvania's most powerful union boss faces a 116-count federal indictment, and a group associated with NFL players is funding left-wing advocacy. Virginia Democrats proposed a bill that would have removed most restrictions on late-term abortions in the state. The straightforward effort to message for social liberalism in the increasingly socially liberal state imploded into controversy after viral interview clips showing just how extreme the so-called Repeal Act actually was started to circulate. The bill's lead sponsor, Fairfax Delegate Kathy Tran, perhaps unwittingly expressed just how extremist the bill is by responding, quote, My bill would allow that, yes, in response to a Republican delegate's hypothetical that an abortion were sought while the woman was in labor. Digging an even deeper hole was Virginia Governor Ralph Northam, who told a radio show, quote, The infant would be kept comfortable. The infant would be resuscitated if that's what the mother and the family desired, and then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. Northam's political career has been heavily funded by abortion rights interests. Planned Parenthood subsidiaries provided Northam with $2.1 million in support throughout his political career, while NARAL, formerly the National Abortion Rights Action League, added over $69,000. And the big pro-abortion groups are backing the co-sponsors of the controversial legislation. Fifteen of the 20 House of Delegates co-sponsors took contributions from Planned Parenthood organizations, NARAL, or EMILY's List. Of course, the mainstream media responded predictably, suppressing the story and when forced to comment, focusing on how conservatives pounce or Republicans seize, with the New York Times and Washington Post both using the reaction-focused framing. As for the legislation, the State House of Delegates Committee for Courts of Justice tabled the legislation, defeating it for the time being. Now to Philadelphia, where we have a character with a nickname out of a mobster movie, and if federal prosecutors get their way he would have a prison sentence to match. John Johnny Doc Dougherty, business manager of the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers Local 98, faces a slew of federal charges arising from an embezzlement and public corruption scheme. Johnny Doc wasn't alone. Six other associates, including a Local 98 employee who currently serves as a Philadelphia city councilman, Bobby Hennan, are also facing federal charges. Prosecutors charged that the defendants embezzled over $600,000 in union funds, which they spent on various lavish personal expenditures, including renovations at a bar that Johnny Doc once owned. Alongside the embezzlement, prosecutors alleged public corruption by Hennen, who allegedly used his office to pursue union interests pushed by Johnny Doc. Federal prosecutors obtained records of conversations between Hennen and Johnny Doc, detailing a plan to ensure that Comcast, as a condition of a new city franchise agreement that went through Hennen's council committee, would use a contractor, allegedly paying kickbacks to Dougherty. Hennen had long-standing ties to Local 98. He was the union's political director before his election, and he kept a $70,000-a-year job with the union even while serving on the council. Dougherty allegedly used his connections to Hennen to impede the installation of MRI machines at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, according to prosecutors. Dougherty complained that CHOP wasn't using union labor. The hospital argued that using non-manufacturer installers would void the warranties on the medical machines. Hennen went to the city licenses and inspections department and secured stop work orders after Dougherty made his irritation known. According to prosecutors, Dougherty spoke openly of using the Philadelphia government to punish his political rivals and settle personal slights. After Dougherty's car was towed, Dougherty allegedly told Hennen that he should require increased training for tow truck drivers. 
Federal prosecutors said he quoted him as saying, just smoke them. That bill failed. But a 2016 Philadelphia soda tax, backed by Hennon and another Dougherty ally, Mayor Jim Kennedy, did pass. Dougherty allegedly said, quote, they're going to start to put a tax on soda again, and that will cost the Teamsters 100 jobs in Philly. In previous reporting, the Capital Research Center referred to job losses from the Philadelphia soda tax as unintended consequences. If federal prosecutors are right, at least some job losses were in fact intended consequences. We regret the error. Dougherty threw his weight around more than just Philadelphia. He is arguably one of, if not the most powerful non-elected political player in the state of Pennsylvania. His brother Kevin was elected to the state Supreme Court in 2015, with substantial support from Johnny's Union. The newly Democratic-controlled court then ordered the state's congressional districts to be redrawn in a fashion far more favorable to Democrats, aiding their pickups in the state. The Philadelphia Inquirer accredits Johnny Dock's campaign war chest with electing officials at all levels and in all branches of Pennsylvania government, including more than 60 judges. And IBW 98 steered $650,000 to support the re-election efforts of Governor Tom Wolf in 2018. For now, Dougherty has pleaded not guilty. If convicted, he could face decades in prison. With the big game between the New England Patriots of punisher of all who deserve judgment Tom Brady and the Los Angeles for now, I guess, Rams on Sunday, the Washington Times is reporting on the advocacy activities of Players Coalition, an advocacy network set up by retired NFL players and funded in part by the league. The announced $2 million in contributions went to a number of groups involved in criminal justice reform. Some, like the National Juvenile Defender Center, may have left-of-center alignments but are comparatively innocuous. The National Juvenile Defender Center provides support to public defenders' offices representing poor offenders, in addition to some justice reform advocacy, receives funding for a number of left-of-center foundations to support that. But one group on the list was a fully left-wing outfit, the Advancement Project. Advancement Project rose to prominence opposing voter integrity laws, especially voter identification. In recent years, it has aligned closely with the most radical wing of Black Lives Matter, openly calling to abolish the police. Advancement Project is funded by most of the major left-wing foundations, the Atlantic Philanthropies, Ford Foundation, Open Society Foundations, New Venture Fund, and W.K. Kellogg Foundation. The National Education Association Government Worker Union has also funded Advancement Project. CRC President Scott Walter told the Washington Times on the contributions, quote, NFL multimillionaires have every right to support these grantees and are understandably concerned about failing schools, crime, and poverty. But it's sad to see this money going exclusively to groups that are liberal to far left, because if their ideology actually worked, America's cities would have great schools and little crime or poverty. Instead, the far left ideology leaves cities, like, say, Philadelphia, in the hands of people who make Roger Goodell look competent. Hooray. That's our show for this week. If you're listening to this on YouTube, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you have subscribed, thank you, and please leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next week.